Welcome to the Whistle Way Podcast. My name is Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. And I'm Brian Kochi, Director of Media here at Whistle Realty Group here in San Diego. The goal of the show is to give you the tools, techniques, and tactics to go out there and crush it in your business. The way that we like to do that is to answer the questions that you have for us. If you have a question for us, you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show, you can always go to thewhistleway.com. Uh, ask us questions on there, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel, join our referral network, email newsletter, and private Facebook group where we share a lot of tips and tricks, and get dialed in with our video content creation course called the Media Mayor Mastermind, where we'll teach you everything you need to know about crush, crushing it with video in 2022 and beyond. Uh, so go to thewhistleway.com. If you enjoy the show today, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that thumbs up button, let YouTube know you're enjoying the show. And if you are uh, also hit the subscribe button and a little notification bell, and then that way you get notified whenever we release a new episode. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, hook us up with a review on there. Those go a long way to uh, spreading the word about what we're sharing here on the show. Yes. See. All right, Brian. I'm really good at that part. I'm really, I'm really hard. It's really difficult for me to run through your whole spiel, (laughs) but I'm really good at, after you talk, I say, yes, I can do that. All right. Let's go, man. So today's uh, topic comes from a, comment we got on one of our YouTube videos from Nathan uh, Benick. Go with that. That's probably wrong. Nathan, you'll, you can correct me. Um, he was talking about, it was on one, on one of our other videos. I don't remember which one. But he said, speaking of that, are you going to do a video on forms of communication to your clients? Because I'm old. He's 45. You're getting there. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> and Bro. No, and no we got to will... work on your mindset. All right, so we're doing an episode about mindset. No, That's not, what we're doing? not this one. Not... Oh, okay. He goes, and no one will answer my phone calls, which is preferred five. form of communication due to the added value. Uh, I'm not willing to do an entire transaction via text message. So he's from Silicon Valley. My thought is I wanted to kind of take that. Oh, he's that... 45 in Silicon Valley. You're... Yeah, you're old there. <laughs> so I wanted to kind of take that if question. If you grew up playing with an Apple 2E with like floppy disk, yeah, you might be old, especially in Silicon Valley. Yeah, I know a flo- I know floppy disk, but I don't know what Apple IIe is. Yeah, so Sorry. you're not that old. Um, so my, what I think what we can do th- that I think will add a lot of value to you watching is I want to talk about ways to incorporate different types of communication, different forms, different mediums um, during a transaction, and what we can do to kind of hit all of the different forms. Cool. Right. Yeah. So I mean, what I want to start out with in this discussion is something that applies universally across life. Um, Not just communicating with clients, but communicating with other agents, communicating with your spouse, communicating with your children, your grandchildren, and you've got to meet them where they're at. As much as it would be great to have the world conform to you and how you want to communicate, that's just not the world that we live in. Um, The way that I communicate with my dad is very different than the way that I communicate with my daughter. Um, you know, you got to understand that. And, um, I don't think I have any grandparents left anymore, but if I had grandparents, that would be a, a different way of how I communicate with them. And you so, post on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that is the fastest growing segment of, of Facebook is grandparents, but my grandparents know what um, I'm doing because of Facebook. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, just think about your family dynamic. How do you communicate with your grandparents versus your children are completely different and you make do with that, right? You meet them where they're at. Like my grandma, um, the last one that passed away, like she was a phone call person. I couldn't text her. I couldn't DM her. Like she was a phone call person and she would send letters and that's where she was at. So that's where I had to meet her. So when it was her birthday, I didn't 
send a text message to her, I gave her a phone call because that's where she's at. You know, conversely, my daughter, who already has a cell phone at five years old, like, I FaceTime her because, like, that's how she likes to communicate. She's actually learning to text message now, which is, is really cute. Takes her a long time to type a text, but she's doing it. Do the voice to text. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so my daughter's a FaceTime. That's where she's at. So that's where I'm going to meet her, right? Like if I was not home, if I happen to be out of town or something and, and I want to communicate with my daughter, like FaceTime is where she's at. So that's where I'm going to meet her. And so I think it's really important, you know, think about that's how we are with our family. We wouldn't be the same way with our clients, right? If, if I got a client who's my grandma's age, we're probably going to be communicating via phone calls. Right? She's not going to be checking email. I might have to fax her. And if, if I got a client who's 86 years old and refuses to get on a computer and they want me to fax them something, I'm going to fucking fax it to them. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to meet them where they're at. And conversely, if, if I got a client who's 21 right now, I mean, I had a client not too long ago, their preferred communication method was Slack. Like that's where they wanted to communicate. I couldn't remember if it was Slack or WhatsApp. It was Slack. Yeah. yeah. So if Slack is where my client's at and, and that's what works for them, I'm going to meet them there. Um, and I think the better job we do of meeting people where they're at, the better job we're going to do of crushing it in this business. So some people are very, it's very easy, right? Like your Nixon, your daughter, FaceTime's where it's at. She's not going to do physical mail. And, and, and your grandma's the exact opposite. Sometimes it's very easy. Um, Sometimes people are in the middle. Most people are in the middle, right? They do a little bit with each one. I made a list of different types of communication methods. Um, and I think it's important to mix all of these at, throughout the transaction. Um, and I, I want to talk about when we would e use each one. Okay. Um, assuming that someone doesn't say, I only do Slack, hit me up on Slack or not. Right? Let's assume that they're mostly in the middle. Um, so I'm going to list them through and then I want to go through them. And let me know if I missed any. So text message. Uh, email, video of some kind, um, phone calls, physical drop buys, social media, and direct mail. Yeah, and, anyway, social media, I'm assuming you would include DMs in there. Correct. Because um, that's something I've learned, right? Like this client with Slack, like that was the only system he could use at his job. He wasn't allowed to be on his phone, he couldn't be in his private email but he had Slack access. And so for him, like that was where I had to meet him. And I've had other clients too who are in a similar situation where like, look, if you call me in the middle of the day or you email me, like I'm not gonna see it till I get off work. Like that's just the way some people's jobs are. But they're like, I have Facebook access. Cool, you could DM me or, or I can get on IG or whatever. Like you can DM me, okay, cool. Like you gotta be willing to adapt to different people. Cool. Um, yeah, so what I meant by social media yeah, was, was DMs. DMs. Yeah. yeah. All right. So when would you use? Because I think in a throughout a transaction, we use most, if not all, of these. Uh, depending on the client, I mean, we're not DMing every client, Correct. but That's it's, true. it's more common now than it was a year ago. Correct. So when would you? So assuming, let's stop, go from the top. Text message. Yeah. When would you text message text someone versus email versus phone call? Let's let's compare those three. Um, I would say text is when I have a short piece of information to convey to somebody that doesn't necessarily require a discussion. Okay. Give me a couple of examples. Um, just letting a client know, Hey, the, um, let's see the, 
appraisal came back at value. Everything is good to go. We're moving on to step six at, and now we can talk about this real quickly. We have all these, we have these 10 step videos where we explain to clients everything they should expect that's going to occur throughout the process. So I would let a client know, great news. The appraisal came in at value. We're now moving on to step, I think it's step six at selling.kylewhistle.com. That would be an example of where I would text. We don't really have to have a discussion. I'm keeping them in the loop on what's going on, letting them know what's next. That would be a great text message example. So quick updates. Um, that don't require discussion. I okay. think that's important. I, I don't want to discuss a lot over text. I more just want to keep you in the loop on things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to use text message more for that. Things like still waiting to hear back from the buyer or the seller, you know. Um, but also I think a, something you didn't mention explicitly, but it seems like good news. Good news or neutral, right? You probably don't want to text a, a seller bad news. Hey, we got to drop your price or adjust your price or whatever word you want to use, right? Rarely. Right. So text message. When would you use uh, email as as opposed to text? You okay? Yeah. <laughs> dying, apparently. Um, so email is going to be updates as well, but something where I need a little bit more longer form. Because in a text message, if you send me something that's like four paragraphs, like it ain't happening. Um, so an email is where I can send more detailed information. Um, also, if I need to include files, yep. um, things like that is more where I'm going to use email. Now, again, if people are savvy enough, we can actually send files over text message. If they actually have an iPhone and they're not stubborn on an Android, um, we can send each other files and whatnot. Um, but that's just not super common. Some people don't know, understand how to open or send files in text messaging. So if I'm sending files or longer updates is where I would typically send email. Or requesting files. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And a lot of times we'll, you'll utilize video within an email. Yeah. Right? And I'll use video within text or email both. Yeah. Um, and the nice thing I like about emails is, like you mentioned about that text, hey, we're at step six. We can also automate that within our email system as well. Yeah. And the system we're using now, I don't know if you know this, but you can also automate text messages in it. Mm. So we've uh, moved our transaction management system over to... Uh, system. Actually, I'm going to share it for the widget of the week, so I'll, I'll share it. <laughs> but you're going to stay till the end, and I'll tell you what the system is. Oh, look at that little uh, plug. I like it. Ooh, that was smooth. Let's it's almost like we, get... we planned that, but we really didn't. Let's see if our watch time increases now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but yeah, the system we use allows us to fire off automated text messages and emails based on hitting certain milestones in the transaction. Very cool. When would you use a phone call as opposed to a text or email? So phone call is if I have somebody who does not text or email. Um, so again, if it's my grandma, she does not do or did not do either of those. So I'm not texting or emailing her. Um, also, this is where if I, there needs to be some discussion, that's typically going to happen over a phone call. Um, or if, yeah, if I have to deliver bad news, I'm not going to hide behind a text message because there's way too much that's going to get lost in translation in a text message because people don't understand my tone. Like, you know, they don't understand the tone or I can't be empathetic very well in a text message where I can in a phone call. And sometimes people just need to vent. And um, that can go over like, you know, one of our employees on Friday, was just like his Thursday was awful. I had a horrible day and Friday just needed to vent. And you can't vent in text message. You actually come across batshit crazy when you send like 36 <laughs> text messages in a row without a response where like he was able to vent for 36 minutes and just get it all out. And he felt a lot better at the end of that call. Um, so I think it's really important for phone calls, especially with bad news, or if I have a client who's just you know not tech savvy, doesn't want to deal with other forms of communication. Um, and just at a certain point, you want to actually talk to somebody. So I find it's more necessary working with sellers than buyers, 
Because when I'm working with a buyer, I'm face-to-face with them a lot, right? Multiple times throughout the process. When I'm working with a seller, I might only be face-to-face with them once. Like, I might legitimately be face-to-face when we sign a listing, and I might never be face-to-face with them again. Um, So I need to get more phone conversation in because I'm not going to see them face-to-face like I am with a buyer. One of the kind of hacks that you've done that I really, really like is kind of mix in a couple of these we talked talked about just a second ago is you'll send them an email through, uh, or you'll send them a video through email utilizing something like BombBomb and say, hey, hey, I've got some bad news. You tell them what it is. And then you say, look, I'm running into meetings. I'll be in meetings until one o'clock. I'm going to call you at one o'clock to kind of go over this. So that way you're prepping them. Go ahead and explain that a little bit. Yeah, so... Anytime you give somebody bad news, there's a grieving process that occurs. Um, I think we've all been through it, whether you lost somebody or you just, you know, you you lost an opportunity or somebody's just got to give you bad news. You go through a grieving process that involves frustration, sadness, anger, like you go through like all these different emotions when you get bad news. And so um, one of the scenarios, what we'll do is we'll actually send something via an email where we send like an update to a client, let them know what's going on with their property and how it's all going with a lot of detail. And I'll include a video with that because one of the benefits of including a video is I can show body language and I can use tonality to convey a message. And I'll send that out and then I'll follow up with a phone call. And that way they've taken this information, they've had an opportunity to digest all of the information and kind of go through the grieving process before I call them. And so what that is, is it's a two minute offense prevents a 20 minute defense. And so if I could just spend two minutes and give them a little bit of information, let them digest it and then have a phone call, I don't get put on this 20 minute defensive where if I tried to convey all that information um, over the phone, I'm gonna get stuck on a 20 minute defensive phone call and I don't got time for that. So um, I don't wanna go through the grieving process on the phone with them. I'd like for some of that process to have already occurred. Um, And sometimes too, somebody gets a night to sleep on something, they're a lot more rational the next day. So there's, there's a time where I ask for a price reduction. I'm going to do it in an email with data to support my request, and then I'll follow up with a phone call, and we can have further discussion if necessary. I love that. Um, so you kind of mentioned it a second ago, talking about buyers and sellers, being face-to-face, either doing a physical drop by or just working with them. Um, how are ways you can... Obviously, buyers are pretty easy, right? You meet them at properties to show them. Like, that's pretty easy. Yeah. Sellers, you talked about, you meet with them when you send a listing agreement, if you don't do it over Zoom. Um, what other ways do we incorporate? And this is, I think we can either talk about during as well as after the transaction um, for you to get some face-to-face human interaction with your clients. Yeah, so I mean, the buy side's super easy, right? I don't, there's no mystery there. You're showing them places face-to-face and then it's always good to either set up some time before to grab a coffee and talk about the plan for the day or recap with a beer at the end of the day and you know talk about the properties you saw um with the sell side that the areas where i found to try to integrate myself in it's nice to show up at the beginning of a photo shoot if you can um, because it shows you care it shows that you want to get there you want to make sure everything looks good for the photo shoot um, because that's the way the property is going to be presented to the market so i think that's a good touch point um i think obviously doing an open house you're probably gonna you know engage with them face to face if you're doing an open house either they're going to be there when you show up to set up for the open house or they're going to arrive as you're wrapping up the open house. Uh, the one that I love the most, especially in a crazy market like in right now in 2022, is 
that I'm typically presenting multiple offers on every single listing. It's pretty fun to get together face to face with a client and, and get them excited, show them all the offers and, you know, have them select the one that they're most comfortable with, pick it, pop a bottle, celebrate, you know, getting an insane price. I think that's a really great opportunity to touch a seller face to face is when you're reviewing offers. Cause right now more often than not, they're getting a price that's, you know, at or above what they were expecting. So it's a really high point in the process. So you want to be face to face for that. And then the last one is, you know, we're in California where we still have a ton of people moving to California, but we have people that are leaving California too, whether it's, you know, taxes, political climate, whatever, um, people are leaving. And so in those scenarios, it's hard to really get face to face with them after a closing. They're usually already moved on to wherever it is that they're going. Um, but what's nice is just go do like a dinner. Um, you know, with sellers, just in general, dinner has been my favorite just to do a celebratory dinner. Um, I don't, I'm not big on like gifts for closings. I like to just go celebrate with somebody because a lot of times throughout the transaction process, it's very transactional. And if I can take them out to a nice dinner and we can get more relational, um, super, super powerful. So I'm a big fan of taking clients out, go to a nice dinner somewhere. They might not normally go Arby's spend the extra hundred bucks, right? Brian's like Rubio's. I have a gift card. (laughs) This is awful. Um, Take them out to a nice dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, most of the nicer restaurants around, you can call them in advance, tell them, hey, I'm bringing a client. We're celebrating closing on their house, uh, the sale of their house. Can you do a little something for them? And they can bring you out like a dessert thing automatically that says like, congratulations on it or whatever. Like, it's very normal. Mm -hmm. People don't realize you can do that, but like, you can. You can do anything you want. Um, and just even call now, a restaurant and ask. Or if you book it on like Open Table, we just did this this last uh, couple weekends ago, and I said it was for my anniversary, and without even asking, they when they brought out the dessert, they said happy anniversary on it. Like I didn't have to talk to anyone; I could just put it in the text box. It says like which of these are you celebrating? It had like five things, and the fifth one was other, and you just type in what you're celebrating. And wouldn't rely on that. I'd still call to make sure, but it's nice the restaurants that pay attention to that. Yeah. But I wouldn't count on a restaurant. One of them did. One of them didn't. Yeah. Don't count on that one. Good call. Um, Some other things that I had in my brain, things that we do or things that we've talked about in the past, client events. Obviously, we do four of those a year. We've got a podcast about that. Um, And then this is one that we've talked about in the past that I want to try and start implementing, uh, but hosting them a housewarming party. Um, So you take care of the invites. You take care of the food. Um... And they just have people show up. It's pretty easy. Yeah. Housewarming parties, especially if you're representing buyers, those are the best. Um, you know, being here in California where you do have people leaving, um, working with people that are coming to California is great because now they're planting roots and they're going to be around for a while. So um, I'm a huge fan of doing a housewarming party. And it could be, you know, wine and cheese. It could be um, pizza and beer. You know, it could be maybe you sold a house to a single guy or something, or maybe it's a backyard barbecue for the kids and you get a bounce house like there's so many different ways you could go with that but throwing a party to celebrate your client's new house and meet all of their friends who then the client's going to tell their friends how great you are and how you helped them buy the house and you might actually get some new clients out of it imagine that crazy concept uh social media i think we talked about a, a little bit already when do you add someone as a friend on facebook or instagram as soon as we're in communication so if they're a lead and they respond you add them right away yep okay that's easy once I don't add them until I've spoken to them. Once I've spoken to them, then I will add them. Cool. It's a little weird beforehand, I think. But once you've 
spoken to somebody, even if it's just a phone conversation, I'll add them after that. It's a good call. Um, mail. We don't do a lot with mail um, we, for well, client We do the four client events per yep. year. So we hit the clients um, in, in, with a physical invitation four times a year. Um, then, that's our key one. And then typically we'll hit anybody who um, bought or sold a house in the last year. We tend to hit them in January or February and send them a copy of their closing statement so that they have that for tax purposes, which is another nice touch point. And then I think, I know we use Follow Up Boss. I think they have an integration with Send Out Cards. Uh, I don't know if Send Out Cards, but AM a- Cards. AM Cards. Yeah. That way you can pretty easily do their house anniversary or a birthday or wedding anniversary, anything like that. So that's another good way to kind of keep in touch. Yep. And then one last one I added as we were talking is Zoom. Do you utilize Zoom more often than, like, do you, if someone's like, oh, I want to call this person, do you say, hey, do you want to hit up on, jump on Zoom? Or is it almost always a call? Um, it's not replacing with an phone existing calls. client, the only time I would do a Zoom would be like if I was presenting offers virtually, whether they were out of area or one or the other had COVID. Then I would Zoom. Outside of that, no. Okay. Anything else for communication methods, when to communicate, how to no, communicate? No, and again, FaceTime is something you might you know use in lieu of a phone call because sometimes it's kind of nice to see faces, um, which that you don't have to plan. Like a Zoom, you got to plan both, pe- both people on the same Zoom at the same time where FaceTime, I can just hit you up randomly. Yeah. And that's a great way to kind of show, if, again, for buyers, they're out of town or someone's sick, to do a FaceTime tour of a house too. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to talk, this is something you've talked about a lot, is um, that a bad update is better than no update. Yeah, I'm huge on this. So something that a lot of people do that are newer in the industry or um, just don't get this is if they don't have an update for somebody, so maybe they're, you know, maybe I'm representing a seller and somebody's supposed to submit an offer to me. And I told the seller, yeah, I'm going to get the offer this afternoon. And then the offer doesn't come. A lot of agents would just not say anything to that seller. They would, they would hope the offer is going to come in the morning and then they'll tell the client. Well, what happens is the client's literally waiting on pins and needles to hear about this offer. And if you just do not call them, you're telling the seller you don't care about them. You got other stuff that's more important. Um, you know, it's always people's mind is going to go to like worst case scenario every time when you tell them you're going to update them and you don't. Worst case scenario. Um, so you're better off saying, hey, I know I mentioned that I was expecting to get an offer today. It's five o'clock. I haven't received the offer yet. I just wanted to give you a heads up on it. I'm going to follow up with the agent again first thing tomorrow morning, and I'll let you get you another update then. That's a great update. And you, that's that, an update saying that's nothing. Um, it just depends on the client, right? Correct. Depending on the communication. But that could be a text for sure. You could say, hey, I told you I'd get you an update before the end of the day. Unfortunately, I don't have any update. I don't have the offer yet. I'm going to follow up with them again in the morning. I'll shoot you another update then. Like that is a great update. Even though there's no update, you told them nothing new. You acknowledged that it's important to you and you set an expectation on next steps. And I think it's crucial and far too often people avoid this, um, especially if they have like negative news, like more so they'll just, they'll literally say nothing because they're scared to say it. And then the longer they wait to say something, people spiral. The appraisal of, comes in low, the offer falls out, the, the yeah. buyer it falls out, whatever. Yep. So if you're ever waiting on something um, or you have bad news, just get it out there. Like you'd much better to get the bad news out of the way. Or if you have no news, let them know you have no news. 
because that's still better than bad news. Mm-hmm. They'd rather know, hey, look, if, if the person's not going to offer, just let us know so we can stop thinking about it and we can move on and, and work on you know, the plan moving forward. Um, don't leave somebody hanging. Yeah, one of the things I learned at my last job was to set expectations and meet those expectations. So don't say, oh, I'll follow up with you soon or you know, in a little bit. I, I was told, told to always give specific deadlines and then meet those. Yep. I'll follow up with you by tomorrow by at 5 p.m. Tomorrow at 5 p.m., I don't have anything. Hey, still waiting to hear back. You know, I, I followed up with them again, and I'll, I'll get back to you Friday by 2 p.m. And just set those expectations and meet them. Yep, 100%. Cool. Awesome. Well, hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of this. I think there's a lot in there. Um, and this, you know, if, if something that's important to you is the client experience, which it should be uh, very important to you, hopefully you learned a few things that you can integrate into your business today. Um, so if you did get some value out of the show today, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. Also hit subscribe and the little notification bell so you get notified when we release future episodes of the show. And if you are listening on a podcast platform, write a little review and share what your biggest takeaway was. Um, with others so they can help share this uh, podcast with more people and if you have a question you want to have us answer on a future episode of the show you can always go to thewhistleway.com ask us questions subscribe to the podcast and youtube channel join our referral network private facebook group and email newsletter to get tips and tricks and get dialed in with our video content creation course where we're going to teach you everything we've learned about shooting videos over the last seven years and shortcut that learning curve for you go to thewhistleway.com And before we wrap the show today, we want to share something. This is something we utilize in our business that either saves us time, makes us more money, or helps us have more fun. We like to refer to it as the Whistle Widget of the Week. What do you got for us, Brian? So my widget is a tool to help improve the audio quality of your videos. Um, This has been something we've used, and what it is, it's a a lavalier microphone, which means it's a little mic that you clip onto your shirt close to your mouth to get good audio. Um, we've used another one in the past. Uh, it was a Sony one for like 20 bucks. Um, it's fine, but it has some limitations, uh, based on where the mic is set and that sort of thing. Uh, we get some wind noise from it sometimes and it's hard to kind of really get what we want. Uh, I tasked Tom to find me a couple lav mics, uh, higher quality. He found them, but I couldn't really dive into them and figure out what the quality is. And then my other photographer, Chad bought these and we were able to test them. They sounded really good. They have included the little pop shield, so that way it doesn't. Uh, it helps with the wind noise and helps with some of your some weird sounds that you can make with your mouth. That sounded weird, um, but they're like seventy or eighty bucks. They're the Lavalier Go, uh, so we're gonna buy a couple of these for our everything East County Media Day type stuff um, and utilize these instead of our old six-year-old Sony mics that were decent, but these are better. Cool. Uh, the one I got for you guys, I teased this a little bit earlier, but this is a system we're utilizing for our transaction management. And the thing that I love about this system is it has one, it integrates with our CRM, which is follow up boss, which is fantastic. So I can see all my key dates and everything on my transactions inside follow up boss and I have to bounce systems as an agent. Um, the thing that I like for my team is that we can preset things like text messages, emails, um, all kinds of different automations to go out that are triggered based off actions that occur through the transaction process. So for example, an appraisal comes in and it comes in at value. Like you could just literally check a box and automatically notify all parties appraisals in at value. Good to go. Let's move forward. Um, so the fact that you can have all these automations built in, you can fully customize it and integrate it. Those are like my three favorite things in the world. Automation 
integration customization. Any system that does all three of those, I'm a fan of. Um, the system is called Open to Close. Open to Close, or OTC as we refer to it. Um, so if you want to get connected with that, um, I can make an intro. Shoot me a DM on Instagram, at Kyle Whistle. I'm happy to facilitate an intro for you. It's a newer system that's up and coming, um, and I think it's a, a great system to align with, and the, uh, the growth curve on it is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's, we've looked at other ones, and we've used different things, and the cool thing about this is they seem to plug all the holes that we've <clears throat> that we've discovered with other systems. So so far we're loving it. Yeah, and it, just systems like that allow you to scale a lot faster that don't require a lot of manual work. Things that can automate thing uh, stuff for you is huge. And it does require manual work up front. Um, but what's cool there in, in the system as well is they have some um, templates that you can either utilize or buy from other teams doing this and. <laughs> kind of make it fit into your workflow. So that's that's something really cool too. Awesome. Well, hopefully you got a lot of value out of the show today. Again, I'm Kyle Whistle with EXP Realty in San Diego. I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Whistle Way Podcast. See you guys next week.